Credit Suisse draws closer to the edge of collapse as the Saudis pull their funding. San Francisco considers giving $5 million to black adults as race reparations. And the wokes go insane over a Charlie Kirk speech, while the media declare that wokeness is a figment of your imagination. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up against big tech. Protect your data at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben. Well, we were told by the Biden administration that all the pain was basically over, that now that they bailed out the depositors of Silicon Valley Bank, all would be well. The problem, as we discussed over the last couple of days, is that none of that is true. You've created massive systemic risk. You've just redistributed the risk for the moment. But that risk will eventually recoalesce and there will be more bank failures and there will be more bank runs and there will be more economic uncertainty, if not outright depression. And the reason for that is because you have created systemic problems. The world's stupidest people are running the world's biggest institutions with the world's most power. And that is a serious, serious issue. We saw this during the COVID pandemic where people who are basically single factor analysts were in charge of all global policy. The single factor they cared about was the spread of COVID. They did not care about the impact of COVID. They didn't care about the impact of the shutdowns. They didn't care about age striation. They didn't care about the impact of how vaccines should be get should be gotten to the people. They didn't care about any of that. They cared about one thing and one thing only. And those single factor analysts were the experts. And because they were the experts, we listened to them on this, their area of expertise. All other issues were to be put aside. Well, the same thing has now happened with the economy. We simply leave it in the hands of central banks to figure out all policy. And all they are focused on is their mandate. And their mandate is twofold. One, keeping liquidity so that there isn't some sort of depression. And two, reducing inflation. The problem is very often those two things are in conflict. And it really should be our elected officials who are making economic policy. It should not be central bank officials who are manipulating the currency here and there in order to achieve political purposes. Because again, they're using single factor analysis and They are really not answerable to the general public at large. But that's exactly what is happening country after country after country. They've created a set of perverse incentives. And then everybody else in the universe is supposed to operate under this set of perverse incentives. And so what that meant with Silicon Valley Bank is that because of wild inflation of the currency, because of extraordinary amounts of liquidity pushed into the system between 2020 and 2022, they took all of that money and they stuffed it back into government bonds in the assumption that these magical government actors, these experts would never allow those bonds to basically go belly up. The bonds went belly up. Silicon Valley Bank went belly up. And now we are seeing that this is not just a United States problem. This is a global problem. According to the New York Times, fear about the unseen risks to the financial system rippled across the globe on Wednesday, breaking the brief calm that had settled over markets and deepening worries that a banking crisis could threaten the economy. The turmoil was set off by a panic over the health of Credit Suisse, the 166-year-old Swiss bank that has been reeling from years of mismanagement and poor risk control and that warned this week about problems in its own accounting practices. Now, the Swiss bank's difficulties differ from the woes of the American banks that have collapsed in recent days. Concern about Credit Suisse added to a, dr- a sense of dread about the economy in general. In an attempt to calm investors' nerves, Switzerland's central bank, the Swiss National Bank, said late in the day it would step in if necessary to keep Credit Suisse afloat. Several hours later, the troubled lender said it would borrow up to 50 billion Swiss francs, that's about $54 billion, from the central bank to ward off concerns about its financial health. So once again, the central bank's stepping in to save failing institutions and The problem is, of course, that when you step into, say, failing institutions, you're incentivizing failure. You're telling people they should take riskier strategies with other people's money. After all, the government's simply going to fill in the gap. Now, the government does not have money of its own. The government can only print money or it can tax money. That is it. The government does not have any other method of, of making money other than, you know, old style imperialism and capture of other countries' money. But that's not something that I think is really on the table at this point. Credit Suisse itself is in some pretty serious trouble. I mean, whenever you're having to take out $54 billion from the Swiss National Bank is sort of a, a sort of a backstop. You got a real problem. According to CNBC, 
Shares of Credit Suisse on Wednesday plunged to a fresh all-time low for the second consecutive day after a top investor in the embattled Swiss bank said it would not be able to provide any more cash due to regulatory restrictions. Trading in the bank's plummeting stock was halted several times throughout the morning as it fell below $2.17 for the very first time. Swiss listed Credit Suisse shares ended the session down 24%. Now, part of the problem is that the biggest investor in Credit Suisse, the Saudi National Bank, said it would not provide the Swiss bank with any further financial assistance, according to a Reuters report sparking the latest leg lower. Saudi National Bank chairman said we can't go below, we, we can't go above 10% because it's a regulatory issue. He said SNB is happy with Credit Suisse's transformational plan. They suggested that the bank is probably fine. But when your biggest investor is saying because of regulation, we can't inject more money into your company, that's a pretty serious problem. And all of this is the result of centralizing so much power at the central banks and then all of the other actors in the economy reacting to that centralized power. And then according to the Wall Street Journal, you have liquidity in general is rang up. So at the same time that you have the central banks trying to inject liquidity into the economy to backstop all of these institutions that had bet on further liquidity injections, at the same time, they're trying to tamp down inflation. And so you have these two forces that are now at odds inside virtually every major central bank in the West and actually throughout the world. According to the Wall Street Journal, the markets for the world's safest and most liquid assets, the government bonds issued by the U.S. and other rich countries, came under immense stress on Wednesday following a week of worries about the health of global banks. Liquidity, the capacity to trade quickly at quoted prices, has fallen sharply in two of the keystone markets, those for U.S. Treasuries and German Bunds, according to traders. Difficulties including wider price spreads and slower executions are now spreading to many other markets, they said, including those for derivatives, that firms and traders used to lock in prices and hedge risks week, weeks and months ahead of time, like options, futures, and swaps. Liquidity means also the ability, as the article suggests, to trade quickly. It means that if you have a piece of stock, how fast can you sell that, that stock? Does it take you a while? Do you have to bargain? Is there a big spread between what you're asking and what somebody is willing to pay? All of that means that all of your, your assets are not nearly as quote-unquote liquid as they otherwise would be. Traders said that the turmoil, driven in part by fear that an economic reversal might be ahead, was rippling into stocks and helping fuel a decline of more than 700 points in the Dow Industrials at its session lows on Wednesday. The blue chip gauge paired some of those losses and ended down 281 points yesterday as well. Again, Credit Suisse is in trouble. Trading was for neck. Trading volumes in the treasury market appeared to be at twice typical levels. Everybody is sort of freaking out. And so when the Biden administration says that everything is fine, they are wrong. It turns out that the Biden administration also facilitated really, really crappy policy with regard to Silicon Valley Bank itself. There was a shocking new piece from Semaphore Reports. We'll get to that in a moment. First, in this economic climate, you should probably be looking at your bills and figuring out where exactly you can cut. Well, one place you certainly can cut is in your phone bill. So you're spending a lot of money with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. What if I told you there was another network that you could use that is the same tower network as one of the big guys, but it's going to cost you a lot less money, like save you $900 a year? That would be pure talk. You can save 900 bucks a year on your wireless bill and still enjoy ultra-fast 5G service. Get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service that they are backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose. Stop paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Cut your bill in half with Pure Talk. Their U.S.-based customer service team makes the switch super easy. Switch over to Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes while keeping your phone and your phone number. Your first month is guaranteed absolutely risk-free. I've been using Pure Talk for all of my business calls. It works like a charm and it's costing me a lot less money. Head on over to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless restrictions apply. See site for details again. That is puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro, puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for four years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made 
just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders, plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code HELIXPARTNER25 with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. Okay, so it turns out that the Biden administration basically has now set us up for a giant fail, largely because the other option that was on the table with regard to Silicon Valley Bank, namely allowing another financial institution to buy it so that taxpayers were not actually on the hook. Well, all those other banks that could have bought Silicon Valley Bank were basically barred from bidding on it by the FDIC and by the Biden administration. According to Semaphore, the largest U.S. banks didn't even submit a bid for Silicon Valley Bank over the weekend, largely because they were initially excluded from the sales process by the FDIC, and then they ran out of time as a result, which is a huge botchery. So now you have the federal government saying it's going to backstop all unsecured deposits across the United States economy. We're talking seven, eight trillion dollars. You know what would have been a better solution? Allowing one of the big banks to buy up the failing Silicon Valley Bank, fill in all of the unsecured, unsecured creditors, essentially, and, and then move on with our lives. But apparently the Biden administration didn't want to let that happen. The agency is led by FDIC Chair Martin Grunberg, who's been publicly critical of consolidation in the industry and eventually allowed the biggest global banks into the auction. But that was too late. Bids were due on Sunday afternoon, too late to ensure a deal could be announced before the market opened on Monday. The four largest U.S. lenders, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank of America, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo, are already big enough. They would need a regulatory waiver to buy another deposit-taking bank. The FDIC is now still trying to find some sort of buyer for, for the SVP. Again, the fact that it was not sold is now due to the FDIC because they were skeptical of even allowing it to be sold in the first place. Unsurprisingly, the economy is slowing as a result of literally all of the things that we are watching as a slow building perfect storm is being created. According to the Wall Street Journal, a drop in retail sales and easing price pressures in February offer preliminary signs of a cooling economy as the spread of financial turmoil on Wall Street called into question whether the Federal Reserve would continue to raise those interest rates. So now you have the markets, I think, betting the wrong way that the Federal Reserve is not going to raise interest rates, that in the interest of preserving liquidity in the banks, they're not going to raise those interest rates again. I think they've got the wrong idea. I think that the the Federal Reserve is very likely to raise the interest rates by 0.25 percentage points. And then the markets, as they always do, are going to react very badly to that. And this is all the result of having too much power in one place. And that is the story of our nations. It is the story of our nation's economy. Uh, It is the story of a bad left-wing governance or easy money governance. It's also the story of what's happening in San Francisco. So first of all, San Francisco deserves whatever comes to it. San Francisco is a city that has basically decided to obliterate itself in every sense. They've decided to obliterate themselves demographically. There are more pets than children in San Francisco. They've decided to obliterate themselves in terms of class structure. You are either very rich or very poor in San Francisco. They've decided to obliterate themselves in terms of the tech industry. There's no one in their right mind who would found a company in San Francisco right now, given the state and local regulations and taxes in San Francisco. And now they're going to obliterate themselves by apparently giving each eligible black resident of the city of San Francisco $5 million. $5 million. Also, a city-appointed panel, according to the BBC, suggests guaranteed annual incomes of $97,000. 97 
$1,000 for qualifying recipients and homes in San Francisco for $1 a family. Now, I will just remind you that slavery was never legal in the state of California. The state of California was admitted to the union as a non-slavery state. The city's board of supervisors has begun considering the recommendations. Supporters say it would be just compensation to black Americans for the legacy of slavery and racism. The San Francisco board enthusiastically welcomed the proposal at Tuesday's first hearing, according to the AP. The committee's draft proposal first released in December outlines more than 100 suggestions. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, the reparations committee chairman, Eric McDonald, said, when you consider all the ways in which the systems and practices have been managed to exclude and steal, if you will, the opportunity for financial mobility, families are hurting and have been for decades, if not longer. Financial repair is time sensitive. This is not one that can or should wait. So Californians, again, were never slave owners. California, in fact, was one of the chief places that residents of of the southern part of the United States who are black attempted to move to to get away from the worst aspects of segregation in the United States. Not to say that California never had racial discrimination. Of course it did, but it wasn't nearly to the extent that the American South had racial discrimination, for example, which is why it was one of the chief sources of inflow of black in-migration throughout the 20th century. Well, this is insane, of course, and it follows a pattern of a bunch of left-wing cities now attempting this sort of stuff. In 2021, Evanston, Illinois, approved reparations for some residents, including money for home repairs, down payments, and interest or late penalties due on property. Now, they don't really know in San Francisco how to qualify people. There are about 50,000 Black people living in San Francisco. It is not clear how many would be eligible. Qualifying criteria include that a person would need to be at least 18 and have identified as Black or African-American public documents for at least a decade. So what they're afraid of is Rachel Dolezal. They're afraid of people who are going to show up and be like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm black. Here I am, right here. Uh, it, is, it is not clear how long you would have to live in San Francisco in order to attain that $5 million. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see if they put migration restrictions on black Americans to keep them from taking, <laughs> from, to keep them from, from taking advantage of the program. Be like, you have to have lived here for three years and be black in order for you to actually, not, not for like two decades, not for, not, for dec- not for your grandparents, not your great-grandparents. You can have been born in 2010, essentially. You have to be 18. So I suppose you, you, you have to be born in 2005, black in San Francisco. And we will now give you $5 million, a $97,000 universal basic income and a home for a buck. Okay, this is so insane. It is unfair, obviously, to the residents of San Francisco. It is unfair to the future of San Francisco. But you know what? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I very much look forward to seeing the result of this unbelievable garbage policy. It all ties into the notion of wokeness that is promoted by the left. But the left insists that wokeness doesn't really exist. We'll get to that in a moment. First, I have some bad news. Everyone is going to die. Everyone in this audience, everybody who's making the show, we will all die. I know that's that's some really dark news right here on a Thursday. But I'm just going to tell you, at least you can make provision for that. You can make provision for your family. So God forbid you're hit by a train. At least you know where your assets are going to be disposed of. And presumably they will not go to the San Francisco city government to redistribute a $5 million a person. According to a recent poll, 62% of Americans who think about their own death a lot of the time don't have a will, which is unbelievably stupid. If you think about your own death, you should just go make a will. My wife and I have a will. We have a living will. Creating a will is one of the most important things you can do to ensure your belongings and your loved ones are taken care of after you pass away. My partners at Epic Will can help you get set up with a will today. For just 119 bucks in as little as five minutes, Epic Will can help you create your last will and testament, your living will, even healthcare power of attorney. Go to epicwill.com slash Shapiro, get my discount code, save an extra 10% on your complete will package. 
With Epic Will's easy-to-use template, all you have to do is fill in the blanks. Very important stuff. Go to epicwill.com slash Shapiro. Save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That's epicwill.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political, and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. Okay, so San Francisco, you know, again, stupid people making bad policy. This is the way that it works. So San Francisco is now looking at the possibility of a $5 million payout per black resident and a $97,000 annual base income and $1 houses for everyone. Where all this will come from, no one knows. So this means San Francisco isn't actually going to do it. But this is an aspect of wokeness. So San Francisco is playing the Ibram X. Kendi game. And this is the natural outcome of the Ibram X. Kendi game. You look at populations inside San Francisco, and what you see is a tremendous racial disparity in terms of income. Okay, the the income gap in San Francisco is really significant. By the way, the people who are most going to be hurt by this are actually not the white residents of San Francisco. In fact, according to the 2020 census, white Americans are only about 45% of the racial makeup of San Francisco. It's Asian, as always, Asians who will be disproportionately <laughs> impacted. I, I love the Democratic Party. They're like, man, we hate racism. Make those Asians not get into Harvard. And also, we should have them pay reparations in San Francisco to black Americans because the population of San Francisco is 34% Asian. It's about 5% black, by the way. Household income by race, however, there are some pretty significant disparities by race in uh, in San Francisco. And this is uh, this is apparently why I suppose Asians are supposed to pay black Americans, black Americans, median household income by race in California and San Francisco. They make about twenty nine thousand dollars a year. But white Americans and Asian Americans are making in excess of seventy five thousand dollars or one hundred thousand dollars a year. So it's just basic redistribution. It's essentially just redistributionist nonsense. And because it's redistributionist nonsense, what that means is that group equity will be achieved. That is the goal of the woke movement. The goal of the woke movement, if you had to define wokeness, wokeness makes a couple of key claims. It suggests that all the institutions of society are designed to preserve discrimination. They're designed by the powerful to preserve discrimination. And all group disparities are the result of said discrimination. So when you see any differential between black income and, say, white income in the city of San Francisco, that must be because the systems have been designed to the detriment of black Americans in San Francisco. Again, does not explain why Asians are doing so well across the board in the United States. Does not explain why Latinos have seen tremendous income mobility in the United States, much better income mobility actually in the United States than, for example, American descendants of slaves. The, it does not explain why black Americans who are not ADOS, right, who, are, who actually came later, and Nigerian Americans or Bahamanian Americans, why, why so many of them are doing great. In, turn, in fact, Nigerian Americans may be the highest educated group in America by, by some survey data. Doesn't explain any of that, but 
it doesn't have to explain because it makes a claim about the universe. And that claim about the universe is incredibly compelling to people who believe that all evils and disparities in the universe can be explained by the malice of others. Well, it's that precise view that leads to things like riots at a Charlie Kirk event at UC Davis. So this was amazing footage. I mean, again, we are we are using state taxpayer dollars. Dumbest people making the dumbest policy. They're using state taxpayer dollars to fund a bunch of baby idiots to smash windows when a person they disagree with speaks. According to Mediaite, a TPUSA event with Charlie Kirk at UC Davis plunged into chaos on Tuesday night when protesters, including black clan Antifa members, clashed outside the venue in a fracas that resulted in two arrests. Two? Kirk's appearance at the campus was already causing anxiety before the event. There was an opinion piece published in the Sacramento Bee the morning of the event in which the opinion assistant, Hannah Holzer, called Kirk a fascist and claimed that he called for the lynching of trans people, which, of course, is a lie. And the piece had to be corrected because it was a lie. The Bee then updated its piece, essentially adding Charlie Kirk's denial that he was calling for lynching. The video itself is rather astonishing. Charlie tweeted out, violent left-wing agitators just smashed through windows outside of the event venue here at UC Davis. Reports are that some of this group made their way into the building before police successfully removed them. Pray for peace and safety for all involved. Hundreds of protesters were on the campus ahead of the event, including a large group of law enforcement officers. The two groups clashed as objects were thrown, including eggs, while glass window panes were broken. Here's a little bit of the video. Here come the uh, protesters. And the cops are rushing inside. They're locking the windows. And here these people come smashing the windows to try to get through at the uh, at the people inside. Kicking the windows, smashing them. And th- these are these are the, the best educated among us. So glad that UC Davis, a state, a state school, can have this sort of activity take place at it. After the event, UC Davis released a statement saying one police officer was injured in the clash, while one officer sustained an injury when he was jumped on from behind and pushed to the ground. So good times. Protesters also blocked the walking path toward the event space, having been at the center of some of these fracases before. Uh, I can tell you that the, the Wokies are perfectly happy to engage in violence when it serves their purpose. And of course, they will be treated with kid gloves by the administration because the left is very fond of the Wokies. They believe that they are essentially the shock troops for liberal social policy even if they engage in policies that, that many on the left would say are, are a little over the top. The problem is they're just too passionate. They're too passionate. Well, they're simultaneously engaging in this sort of stuff. And meanwhile, the left is claiming that wokeness doesn't exist, that it's sort of a buzzword. It's a, it's a form of high-level gaslighting we'll get to in a moment. First, let's again talk about the fact that, you know, the end of life for all of us will look the same. We will all be dead. But you don't just need a will, as we've already discussed. You also need life insurance, right? God forbid you're walking along the road and suddenly a car hops the curve. And as that Ford F-150 is coming directly at you and that grill gets closer and closer. You think to yourself, man, I should have listened to Shapiro. I should have gone over to Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies and find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 25 bucks per month for a million bucks in coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius's licensed agents can help you find coverage options in as little as a week. They work for you. They don't work for the insurance companies. So that means that they don't have any incentive to give you like the wrong advice. There are no added fees. Your personal information remains private. Your loved ones deserve that financial safety net and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Again, policygenius.com slash Shapiro. So meanwhile, while the wokes are breaking windows and dictating policy in San Francisco, 
they're pretending that the, the word woke doesn't actually exist. So yesterday, there was a clip that went viral. I understand that anytime someone freezes on TV, it goes viral. But this was going viral as evidence that the right doesn't know what wokeness is, which is unbelievably stupid. The right does know, in fact, what wokeness is. So for many people who don't spend their lives in this, wokeness, it's sort of like Justice Potter Stewart said about pornography. You know it when you see it. But I think the, the way that it bleeds down to most people is essentially weaponized political correctness. It's political correctness with a new equity guise. Well, Bethany Mandel, who is the author of a new book called Stolen Youth with DW Books. It is now a national bestseller. She was on a show called Rising with Brianna Joy Gray. The lead up to this particular clip, and I, I called Bethany to ask her about it. The, the lead up to this particular clip apparently was that off the air, Brianna Joy Gray was saying on a hot mic that Bethany could hear about how much she really does not like parents and thinks that parents have kids as an act of narcissism and stuff. Bethany happens to be a mother of seven, including a, new, uh, a mother of six, including a newborn. In any case, that threw her off. But this clip went viral, not, not just because it's always, you know, good TV when someone freezes up or has a bad moment on TV, but because the left used this as evidence that the right has been using wokeness as sort of a catch-all term that means nothing in order to rip on people, which is not true. Here's the clip, and then we'll discuss Bethany's actual definition. And probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when, when well, we talk about traditional would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times, and I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I mean, woke is sort of the idea that um, I. This is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. It is sort of the understanding that we need to re totally re imagine and re redo society in order to create hierarchies of oppression. Um, sorry, I, it's, it's hard to explain in a 15-second soundbite. Okay, so the left said, oh my gosh, she couldn't explain it in a 15-second soundbite. So later, Bethany tweeted out her definition of wokeness, which, again, there is a real definition of wokeness. I've given it myself. I've given full speeches on it. Bethany tweeted out, quote, a radical belief system suggesting that our institutions are built around discrimination and claiming that all disparity is a result of that discrimination. It seeks a radical redefinition of society in which equality of group result is the endpoint enforced by an angry mob. That's a pretty good definition. That's a pretty good definition. So again, there, there are a bunch of definitions of wokeness, but they all share these same common features, right? It is, it is the equity claim of the Biden administration that anytime you see an imbalance in life that is due to evils in the system that must be destroyed because the systems are actually systems of oppression and power. That's what it means. But the left started trotting this thing around in order to claim that wokeness doesn't actually exist. And this is just high-level gaslighting. The, the, the notion that, that the right has no idea what wokeness is is just a way for them to avoid the consequences of their own crap woke policies. So for example, there's a piece by Philip Bump, wildly dishonest columnist for the Washington Post, titled, A Viral Moment Reinforces the Hollowness of Woke as an Attack. Mandel had been asked a seemingly simple question by Gray. She was on the show to promote a book she wrote with another conservative writer, Carol Markowitz, a book that purports to demonstrate how radicals are indoctrinating young people in America. And then he quotes her. And then uh, he says, we might rephrase that slightly. Woke, as often deployed by the right, refers to something emanating from or related to culture war issues that you understand as or want to portray as bad. Right? So vagueness of woke is a pejorative. Has, become, has come into relief in recent days, et cetera, et cetera. So woke doesn't actually exist. So you guys coined the term and you guys defined the term and then you guys expanded the term so that it applies to virtually everything. And then when Bethany freezes on TV, that means wokeness doesn't exist. Now, this stupid game, it, it may obscure for the moment what exactly you are trying to do, but it doesn't actually obscure your policy. And that's the thing. 
Your policies themselves will have consequences. Call them woke, don't call them woke. It doesn't really matter all that much. The fact of the matter is that your ideology boils down to bad policy. And that bad policy has consequences. And those consequences are evident for everyone to see. And we are seeing people right now vote with their feet, vote with their money. This is going to have dramatic ramifications for the future of the United States. The fact that this ideology has pervaded into the highest echelons of the Democratic Party and down to the lowest echelons of American society in terms of income, in terms of socioeconomic status, and all of the rest. To pretend that wokeness doesn't exist while you guys actively promote it is, is pretty incredible. Now, speaking of wokeness, you know, there is a New York Attorney General Letitia James, who essentially got Andrew Cuomo thrown out of office on the basis of a report that wasn't big enough to actually prosecute, but did allow her to, to essentially open a pathway to herself to run for the nomination for, for governor in New York. She didn't win, obviously. She has now decided that she's going to hold a drag story hour event open to children. So if you want to talk about you know, wokeness in society, this is one aspect of wokeness. All the mechanisms of society are designed to oppress not only black Americans, as San Francisco claims, but also LGBTQ Americans. And thus, we must fight back against the system by indoctrinating the youngest members of our society to hate the institutions and believe that all rules, roles, and responsibilities are wrong. So now, New York Attorney General Letitia James is holding a drag queen event for children, along with a number of other elected officials. They're holding a drag story hour this will be Sunday, March 19th at the Center on West 13th Street. She will be joined by no less than four assembly members. She'll be joined by no less than six council members, as well as a state senator. My office is proud to host a drag story hour readathon, James stated in an Instagram post advertising the event. But don't worry, they're not coming for your kids. Don't worry. It's all a figment of your imagination. It's always a figment of your imagination. This is the stupid game that they play. It's always a figment of your imagination. And if you protest against it, well, Probably you're protesting against it because you're a bigot or because you just have a very lively imagination. When you notice that there is an active attempt to recruit into a woke ideology and you can define woke, well, that's probably because, you know, you're just exaggerating or you're just crazy. Now, here is the thing. Most Americans are not going to stand for this. Most Americans are not into this. And so if this comes down to a battle between the wokes and the not wokes, and among the wokes, you also have to include all the people who are gaslighting on, on behalf of wokeness, the, the not-wokes are going to win. There are just many, many more of them. If this comes down to a cultural battle between Letitia James sponsoring Drag Queen Story Hour for Children and Ron DeSantis and his ideology in Florida, which is now making good on his promise to stop sexually oriented events directed at children, DeSantis is going to win. So as Breitbart is now reporting, Governor DeSantis' administration in Florida is now making good on its promise to target facilities, allowing children to attend sexually explicit drag shows. It's seeking to revoke the alcohol license of the Hyatt Regency in Miami over a drag show that took place in December, which allowed kids to be in attendance. According to the administrative complaint, the event in question was a drag queen Christmas, which occurred at the James L. Knight Center connected to the Hotel Giant December 27th. Per the complaint, Respondent promoted the show using targeted Christmas-themed promotional materials that did not provide notice as to the sexually explicit nature of the show's performances or other content. Rather than call attention to the show's sexually explicit content or acknowledge it might not be appropriate for children, Respondent's promotional materials unequivocally stated, quote, all ages welcome. Apparently, during the show and in the presence of a person less than 16 years of age, performers appeared on stage wearing sexually suggestive clothing and prosthetic female genitalia. Apparently, the performance also featured, quote, numerous segments where, performance, where performers engaged in acts of sexual conduct, sexual activity, and lewd, vulgar, and indecent displays, including performers forcibly penetrating or rubbing their exposed prosthetic female crests against the faces or oral cavities of audience members, as well as simulating masturbation through performers digitally penetrating prosthetic female genitalia. 
It also noted the sexually explicit nature of the show's Christmas songs, which included Screwed Off the Red-Nippled Reindeer. Solid stuff there from, um, from these folks targeting children. Really, really good stuff. And uh, the state of Florida is going to crack down on that as well. They should. So meanwhile, you know, you guys can pretend that we don't know what Wokeness is. We do. We see it and we see the consequences of it. And uh, you guys are cruising for a bruising. I, I understand that you're going to put up unthreatening old man Joe Biden in order to rebut accusations that you're radical, but it ain't going to stop. It ain't going to stop what's coming. There's a wave coming and Democrats are going to earn the, the scorn of the American people. They certainly have so far. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, it is increasingly difficult these days to fill your job roles. It's very difficult to find the best employees for your job, but not every role has to be difficult to fill. That's because of ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter helps you find the most qualified people for your roles fast. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter's matching technology helps you find the most qualified candidates for a wide variety of roles. If you see a candidate you like, you can easily send them a personal invite so they're more likely to apply. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. See why the majority of employers count on ZipRecruiter. We count on ZipRecruiter here at Daily Wire. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter will get a quality candidate within day one. Use my exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. We've been using ZipRecruiter here at Daily Wire for years. Not only is it a great way for us to find brand new employees who are excellent and fill our roles, it's also a great way to threaten our current employees that if they don't do a better job, they might get ZipRecruited. You just never know. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire to hire the smart way and try it out for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. Also, what if I told you that there is one book that's done more for literacy than any other book? It's shaped literature, art, government, countless lives. I'm, of course, referring to the Bible. I know it's unpopular to say that these days. You know who else it's had an influence on? My friend Jordan Peterson. So he has his Exodus series, but he also has a documentary called Logos and Literacy, where he traces the Bible through history and shows you the impact it had on the Western world. Here's the trailer. I was very much struck by how the translation of the biblical writings jump-started the development of literacy across the entire world. Illiteracy was the norm. The pastor's home was the first school, yeah. and every morning it would begin with singing. The Christian faith is a singing religion. Probably 80% of scripture memorization today exists only because of what is sung. This is amazing. Here we have a Gutenberg Bible, Bible printed on the press of Johann Gutenberg. Science and religion are opposing forces in the world, but historically that has not been the case. Now the book is available to everyone. From Shakespeare to modern education and medicine, and science to, to civilization itself. It is the most influential book in all of history, and hopefully people can walk away with at least a sense of that. Logos and Literacy, it's amazing stuff. This is the part where normally I tell you Logos and Literacy is only available for our Daily Wire Plus members. However, we are making it available for free for everyone at dailywireplus.com right now, for only for a limited time. So watch Jordan Peterson's Logos and Literacy today at dailywireplus.com. Now, again, one of the things that the left is doing in order to prevent people from seeing the consequences of their own radical nature and, and many of the things that they are doing that are radical is they're trotting out a person who appears unthreatening. I've said this for literally years. I said since 2016, believe it or not, the best nominee for the Democrats would be Joe Biden. I said that specifically because he appears old and unthreatening. That's the best thing you can do if you're a Democrat and you have a very threatening program. The best thing you can do is trot out somebody who appears elderly and infirm and unthreatening. Makes it very difficult to attack the guy as a radical because, of course, no matter how radical he is, he also appears as though he is on the verge of death. Joe Biden 
increasingly these days, looks as though he is a warmed over corpse. Well, that, that does grant you the ability to claim that he's not radical. After all, dead people aren't all that radical. Uh, he, he continues to trot out there. And when I say trot, I mean walk very slowly and carefully across linoleum. Uh, he, uh, he yesterday was speaking and he started babbling again about doctors and nurses. Uh, he has the, these kind of Rolodex of weird lines that he keeps using, and uh, it's growing increasingly strange. Are there nurses in the house? Where are uh, the nurses? Here we go. Now, look, I've been a significant consumer of health care. My family has. Doctors let what? you live. Nurses, male and female, make you want to live. No, I'm serious. The single most underrated profession in America. Oh, my and then she breathed in my ear and I said oh I want to live now now I want to live before I wanted to die now life is so precious uh, he also did this routine I don't know apparently there's a thing he does a lot there are people who are uh, in a balcony watching him and he told them not to jump which apparently is as we'll discuss in a moment a thing he does quite frequently does, does the current president of the United States here he was yesterday started earlier not because of the doc's decisions but because of other decisions made Oh, wow, I didn't see you all up there. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Don't jump. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> were they on the verge of jumping? I mean, he is a terrible speaker. So maybe they were thinking. Apparently, this is a thing he does all the time. Here is just a short montage of Joe Biden randomly telling people not to jump from, from higher from higher vantage points. I don't know if he is just channeling random cop on Golden Gate Bridge, like what's happening here. But this is, he's such a weird old dude. I'm sorry, he's a weird guy. Democrats for a long time, they kept saying Donald Trump was weird. Okay, fine, gotcha. Also, this guy's weird. I'm sorry, Joe Biden's a weirdo. Here we go. That's my grandson, Bo, up there, and my granddaughter. Don't let him jump. And we also have Don't solar. jump. We need you. What? Don't jump. 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 And don't jump. Hey. Hey, man. Don't jump. You look crazy enough to jump. Don't jump. Don't jump. Look. And we're coming. Don't jump. Don't jump. What is he talking about? Don't jump. And don't jump from up there. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess that is one way to put an elderly and unthreatening face on an insanely nutty legal regimen that you are seeking to pursue here. Well, this does, of course, once again, raise the question as to whether the Republicans are going to run somebody who is capable of beating this doddering elderly gentleman. And uh, right now, I'll say it again, this seems to be, effectively speaking, a two-man race at this point. I think that all of the talk about other candidates who are getting into the race so far, unless Ron DeSantis falls down on the job, this is basically a race between Trump and DeSantis. That is what all the polls are showing right now. There's some polls that are showing Trump up. There are other polls that are showing DeSantis narrowly up. It seems like the momentum right now is with DeSantis. The way that you can tell is by the sort of desperate gambits that Trump has been pulling as of recently yesterday. Chip Roy preemptively endorsed Ron DeSantis. He characterized him as a, quote, vibrant and energetic leader with the faith, vision, and courage to chart a new course. That would, of course, be the same Chip Roy who tried to lead a rebellion against Kevin McCarthy as speaker and actually was able to claw away from McCarthy a bunch of concessions to the Freedom Caucus. 
Chip Roy said his style of no-nonsense government and fearless rejection of woke conventional wisdom has demonstrated an appeal to all of us based on our shared values as Americans. Governor DeSantis makes clear he would lead our nation as commander-in-chief with the kind of resolve and sober strength that has produced peace through strength. Roy's statement continued, quote, America has been built upon and defined by the sacrifices of one generation for the next. When Republicans choose our 2024 presidential nominee, who I intend to support against Joe Biden or any other Democrat, I believe it's time for a new generation of leadership. It's time for younger but proven leadership to offer America eight solid years of transformational change. That's two kind of sideswipes at Trump right there. Quiet sideswipes. Uh, sideswipe number one is he says we need somebody younger. And two, he makes a pretty good point here, which is, you know, it'd be great is if we nominated someone who can serve eight years. Even if Donald Trump were to run and win, he can only serve four. Wouldn't it be better to have somebody who can survey? That's actually not a terrible argument. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is, of course, preparing his own push against Ron DeSantis. He's been going out and saying weird things like Charlie Crist was an amazing governor of Florida. And then he was speaking in Iowa and he says that, you know, Ron DeSantis, Ron's not going to give you the ethanol subsidies. Now, I wouldn't care normally. I, he literally said this. He said, I don't really care if Ron DeSantis would give you the ethanol. But since we're in Iowa, I care right now. If he weren't running, I'd say he's great, but he's running, so he's terrible. Like, Trump just says the quiet part out loud, which is one of the hilarious things about him. Well, now that the beautiful thing about effectively having no centralizing principles is that you can attack candidates from any side of any issue. So now, believe it or not, Donald Trump's allies are trying to file legal complaints against Ron DeSantis, formally accusing him of violating state ethics and election laws with his shadow presidential campaign. So the president of the United States who claims that state election laws have been geared against him and that he is being unfairly targeted by a wide variety of election officials ranging from New York to Georgia, he's now trying to use the same election laws to target Ron DeSantis, man. Whew. That is that is a person with, with enormous amounts of uh, intestinal fortitude and very little capacity for shame. Make America Great Again, Inc. is filing a 15-page complaint with the Florida Commission on Ethics, a draft of which was obtained exclusively by NBC News. So not only are they doing this, they're now leaking it to the same mainstream media legacy outlets that Donald Trump hates. This forum asked the commission to probe whether DeSantis' super PACs, his personally lucrative book tour, and a continued wave of state-level campaign contributions are unlawful because they serve his personal political objectives, which, um, by the way, no. The answer is no. This does not violate the law. Every candidate who is currently sitting in federal office who's considering a presidential run is doing many of these same things. Meanwhile, Trump is preparing an extensive oppo file on Rand Sanctimonious, according to Politico. Again, the fact that that Trump's team uses the legacy media outlets as his sources of leaks. Like DeSantis' team, they don't even talk to the legacy media. To the great consternation and rage of the legacy media, right? They're constantly putting out stories about how Team DeSantis is leak-free. They won't talk to us. Why won't they talk to us? They need to talk to us. Just talk to us. Meanwhile, Trump is just leaking like a sieve. Not a shock. He was on the phone half of his presidency with Maggie Haberman of the New York Times while simultaneously decrying Maggie Haberman of the New York Times. According to Politico, Trump's team and his allied PAC are preparing an expansive oppo research file by pouring over DeSantis' record as prosecutor, member of Congress, and Florida governor. Among the items a Trump allied group has drilled into is DeSantis' record while serving as an assistant U.S. attorney before running for congressional office with plans to accuse him of being an extremely lenient prosecutor in cases involving, among other things, child pornography. Yeah, good luck with that. Seriously, good luck with that. That he was soft on child pornography? Uh-huh. He's the governor currently barring Hilton from doing drag shows for children and uh, and or Hyatt and he is uh, and he's soft on child pornography. Good, good, seriously, good luck with that one. Well, we'll see how this uh, how this fight inside the Republican Party plays out over time. Obviously, we're keeping an eye on it. Meanwhile, the most absurd sight of the day yesterday came courtesy of Dylan Mulvaney. Now, you will recognize Dylan Mulvaney from such wonderful videos as that time I got the President of the United States to talk about how I was a woman even though I'm a man, or alternatively how I got the president of the United States to endorse transing the children. Well, Dylan Mulvaney 
had a one-year anniversary party. It was, it was one year as a girl. It was Dylan Mulvaney's Day 365 Live. It was a cabaret show at the iconic Rainbow Room in New York. And, uh, and Dylan Mulvaney dressed up as a woman, put his hair up as though he was Audrey Hepburn and wore a, a sort of classic looking gown and then proceeded to do a bunch of musical cabaret numbers and concluded with this particular number in which many of the Daily Wire voices and hosts are featured, pointing out that Dylan Mulvaney is in fact a dude masquerading as a woman and doing so to the great applause and acclaim of a crowd and making money off of this and doing great by it, by pushing the lie that boys can become girls, girls can become boys. So Dylan Mulvaney, to rebut the accusation that Dylan Mulvaney is actually an attention-seeking narcissist who desperately wants everybody to give him money for being a fake girl for a year, which, by the way, is precisely what's happening. If you're, you know, this, was, this was to celebrate Dylan Mulvaney's one year as a girl. You know what my daughters did on their one year as a girl anniversary? They had their first birthday party. That's what they did. They don't remember it because they were one year old. You can't be one year as a girl when you're a dude. But that's the whole point, right? I mean, the, the whole point here is to, is to, this is ultimate face tattoo syndrome. What if you act as though you're a girl? What, what if you masquerade using all of the stereotypical ideas about women? You, you, play, you play act being a girl for a year and then you get all sorts of contracts from, from mascara companies and you go meet with the president of the United States and you're a better woman than all of the women and you're a hero. You're a hero of the, of the republic. But it's, it, you're not doing it for personal benefit at all. Personal benefit has nothing to do with it and it's not about attention seeking at all. It's just about how you feel on the inside, which is why you would do a, a cabaret show like full on with orchestration and everything at the Rainbow Room and apparently actually charge ticket prices is what I've learned Apparently, that was reported uh, to, to things like this. Here is a Dylan Mulvaney's act yesterday. I feel supported, and you know what? I'm feeling lucky. Let's Google my name. <laughs> and Dylan Mulvaney goes back of a screen, and someone is changing his outfit for him because it's a costume Dylan show. Mulvaney is intentionally degrading women every time he does this woman face minstrel show routine. That one can say he is a woman and become one of the most influential women in America in just six months of wearing dresses and ironing his hair. The patriarchy always wins, gang. Oh, and there is Dylan Mulvaney as Audrey Hepburn. The difference being that Audrey Hepburn was an actual woman with a vagina. Why would you give them even a second of your big day? Well, these are the people I have to deal with on a regular basis, so I thought I should include them in the evening. But that doesn't mean you have to listen to them. Well, I've always loved a little constructive criticism. Baby, there's nothing constructive about that. And it's not just criticism, it's indoctrination. Mm -hmm. Trans and non-binary people have been around for thousands of years. Hey, and then Dylan Mulvaney sings. Dylan Mulvaney then sings. And if I only could, I'd make a deal with God, not get him to swap our places. Can we pause there? I'm going to say something that might make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I'm trying really hard to maintain a relationship with God, and I don't think that he made a mistake with me. Um, and that maybe one day I will actually be grateful for being trans that this isn't some curse, but it's just a different path to the same destination. Okay, this is all pre-scripted, guys, obviously. It's part of his, like, literally the music stops when Dylan Mulvaney wants to have his little chat about his relationship with God, which has not come up 
as far as I'm aware, in any of his other public sort of appearances. But now it's so personal. It's so personal. The criticism is all personal. You're doing this in public in a scripted setting that you are charging money for. It's, it's an amazing thing. And if you don't believe that this has to do with earning money at all for Dylan Mulvaney, it is just purely Dylan Mulvaney being Dylan Mulvaney. I ask you a question. Why is this person getting ad deals for being a man masquerading as a woman? Also, at the end of the show, Mulvaney joyfully, this is according to Variety, at the end of the show, Mulvaney joyfully declared that she is ready to start her journey of womanhood. She recently told Variety's Mark Malkin, part of her new chapter will be scaling back from TikTok and exploring new artistic endeavors. She hinted that one possibility could be creating a musical series in the vein of, in the vein of Smash. You mean that this person is going to make an entire career out of pretending to be a... No. No, you shock me. It was all just a personal decision about the interior and the interior gender dysphoria of this troubled person. And everybody should just pretend that he is a woman for his own mental health. But it has nothing to do with a brand. It has nothing to do with fame. It has nothing to... If you ever remember the show Smash, I totally could see myself doing sort of a TV show with singing where I play myself, said Mulvaney on the red carpet. It would be very dramatic. By camp. Yeah, this is a, it's, it's, it's also, it's also authentic, guys. It's, it's also authentic. This is an authentic woman, an authentic, authentic woman. And again, the whole point for the left is you personalize the political and then insist that nobody say a damn thing because it might be offensive. It might be, it might, it might make people feel bad. So you take a political statement like a man can be a woman. And every child should be taught that a boy can be a girl. And every child should be treated as essentially non-binary or you're forcing cisgenderism upon them. You take that extraordinarily radical position and then you telescope it down into the life of a person like a Dylan Mulvaney. And then if you critique this by saying Dylan Mulvaney is in fact a man masquerading as a woman and making lots of money for doing so, then this is, be you're mean, you're cruel, it's bad. It's a, it's, a, it's a perverse little game. And when you are charging $5 a pop to watch Dylan Mulvaney, sing a scripted show about how how tearful and cryy Dylan Mulvaney is over videos of me and Matt Walsh and Candace Owens. I don't believe you. Number one, I don't believe you. Number two, I think you're making money off it. So I think you're doing great. And number three, you are making a broader political point that has the impact on anyone else. As I've, as I've said before, how you treat people in your day-to-day -day life is a different question from serious political questions that are impacted by very famous people saying things that have inherently political. You were sitting with the, the president of the United States and promoting a particular agenda. Stop pretending that what you do has no impact on anyone else. It is not true. It is fundamentally untrue. You know that, of course, which is why you're doing it. Okay, time for some things I like. So the wokes are on the warpath against a wide variety of institutions, but it is good when occasionally an institution has enough of a sense of self-preservation not to surrender to it. So one of those institutions is the National Autobahn Society. So when you think about the National Autobahn Society, you probably think of birds. Right. That, that's probably what you think of, because that's what the National Audubon Society does. They're all about their conservation group about birds. Do you think of slavery? Do you think of the evils of slavery? Uh, probably not, because why would you? Because if you actually know anything about the Audubon Society, you spend most of your time looking at very nice pictures of birds. But apparently the Wokes were very upset because James Audubon was a slaveholder. And so what they now want to do is um, is take his name off of the Audubon Society that, that he founded. And the National Audubon Society, to its great credit, said, no, we're not going to do that. According to the Washington Post, the move comes as about half a dozen of the organization's regional chapters have pledged to scrub his name from their titles. Part of a broader reckoning. Ah, the reckoning. 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 This is one of the words the media love to use, the reckoning. It's not, just a, it's not just an audaciously radical move to obliterate history. It's a reckoning. The reckoning has come. Revenge. Over to the U.S. environmental movement's history of entrenched racism. The National Audubon Society's 26-person board of directors voted to retain its current name during a Zoom meeting on Monday after more than a year of deliberating and gathering feedback from both members and outsiders. 
Susan Bell, chair of the board, declined to provide a breakdown of the final vote. The name has come to represent not just one person, but broader love of birds and nature, said Bell. We must recognize with the racist legacy of John James Audubon, the man. Okay, I mean, you can put up a plaque saying that this guy also had a lot of real problems and this guy thought a lot of real bad things. But can we stop pretending that people who do bad things don't also do good things or that history didn't exist or that the first pure people who have ever lived have lived in our generation? In a sign of internal strife, three board members resigned after the organization chose to retain the name. Activists in and outside of the organization have called upon the group to jettison Audubon's names. After months of conducting listening sessions and surveying people in both camps, the National Organization's Board of Directors decided that the moniker is nearly synonymous with the avian conservation movement and should not be abandoned. Well, yes. I mean, of course, that happens to be true. It was his, his pictures of, the, of things like the ivory-billed woodpecker that made people even aware of the presence of these birds. But apparently... Now, uh, they're saying that, that because he was an unrepentant enslaver, an oppositionist, uh, an, op- an opponent of the abolitionist movement, that means it's time to take his name off this thing. Uh, I'm sorry. This is good for the National Audubon Society for saying no. Seriously, what are you going to do? This is so stupid. Okay, other things that I like. So there was, at one point, a movie called Willow. Okay, it was a cult classic, the movie. Uh, it came out in 1988. We'll admit, never seen it. Don't know the movie from Adam. Not like really don't know anything about it. It was executive produced by George Lucas. It was directed by Ron Howard. It starred Val Kilmer, etc. And um, it wasn't like a major hit in its time. It, well, that's not true, actually. It, it did well in its time. It had a budget of about 35 million bucks. It made about 140 million bucks at the box office. And so they decided, because it was kind of this cult classic, that they were going to release a series of it on Disney+. Plus, But in order to make it modern. So Disney has the ability to make things, you know, update things. Instead of updating plots and writing new plots for old beloved characters, what Disney has basically decided is the best way to update every story is to re-racialize characters or make them gay. This is the best way to update a story. You don't actually have to change any of the underlying beats or patterns. You don't actually have to think of new and interesting stories for the characters that people knew and loved. Instead, what you do is you just make them black or gay. And if you do that, then magically people will love it. Now, I've yet to see the strategy actually work for Disney. I'm confused as to why they think that this is a great strategy. And obviously it only works one way, right? You're not gonna have Princess Tiana suddenly be cast as white in, the new, in, in a live action Princess and the Frog. You'll have Ariel cast as black in the new Little Mermaid. And again, all Disney's prerogative. Does it make a large scale difference? No, it doesn't make a large scale difference, but it's obviously a move to, to garner attention. It also is, is sort of a weird marketing move because every single small girl who has a picture in her head of what Ariel looks like from The Little Mermaid, sees a white girl with, with red hair, right? Like a Danish archetype. That's, that's what, because that was literally the animated movie. So taking that and switching it all up, like you can do it, whatever, but trying to pretend that that is like the update on Ariel. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh ground, groundbreaking, earth shaking. And then simultaneously, when people are like, well, she doesn't really look like the original. You noticed, didn't you? you I love that. It's so important that we do these things. It's so important that we, LGBT, Willow, and then if you notice, like, oh, but you noticed. And the fact that you noticed means that you're a, you're a weirdo that you noticed. No, when we noticed, and then nobody watched. So Willow has now been canceled, which is why this isn't things I like. It did not meet the company's threshold in terms of buzz. And, uh, and now Willow has been put on the chopping block. Of course, Willow was originally designed as a, as a show for, like, young teens. According to Empire Online, it caught up with the title character years after the original movie and saw him drawn into a new quest to face a resurgent threat. Now, again, my, my impression of the, of the movie Willow 
is that Willow was not exactly directed at 25-year-olds. Willow was directed at teens. So Disney Plus was promoting LGBT storylines and characters to young teens. And it turns out a lot of people are like, nah, not into it. So now it's been canceled. Here's a clip from Willow, the failed show after one season. That's the strategy. I love you. Yep, got the lesbian teens going at it over here. That's um, just just what uh, just what people apparently were not super fond of watching. So obviously the critics loved it because as long as you dump in enough of this sort of stuff, then the critics are super into it. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes canceled after one season. So well done, Disney. Yet again, taking a property that may have had some value and completely robbing it of any and all value. Just slow clap for these guys. Okay, time for some things I hate. Alrighty, so Jazz Jennings was the first very, very famous trans kid. Jazz Jennings was the star of TLC's I Am Jazz. And um, this person has had just a tragically sad life. Truly a tragically sad life. Jazz Jennings is a, is a male and declared himself transgender at the age of five. And his parents decided that they would now make him a very famous trans kid and wreck his life. So Jazz Jennings has now been through a bout of hormone treatment, many surgeries, etc. Jazz is now 22 years old and is not happy, which is just a shock, a true shock. According to Breitbart, the current season followed Jazz's severe weight gain and adventures in dating and romance. Now 22 years old and a student at Harvard, the reality TV star has tried dating men, but revealed he was attracted to a woman in the latest episode, which would technically make him a man, a straight man, is what this would technically make him. Um, but good news, his parents completely effed him up. So, uh, so here, is, uh, here is Jazz Jennings expressing pain and suffering because, again, you know what's a really, really bad recipe? honoring the wishes of five-year-old children who don't know what the hell they are talking about and then immediately shoveling them in front of cameras for your own sick and, and perverse glorification and then shoveling them full of hormones and, and getting them surgery. That, that, it turns out that's a really, really bad idea. You know I can't get out of my head. I know. No, listen. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. It's okay. Give me a hug. It's okay. I know what you're going through. We've been there before. No, it still doesn't stop now. I and I'm already going well, back to you, negative. But the more you're talking about yourself, it gets harder. Mm -hmm. You're digging in and you're, it's making you put a, a magnifying glass on what's already difficult as it is. So this is hard for you, I know. And you don't, we don't want to push and you I know, anymore. I'm the one doing it. Like, I know, you're your own worst enemy. I feel kind of all over the place and like my mind is very cluttered and not clear. And I really want to have that clarity. I really want to understand myself and be able to read my own soul and what I want and... It's just very challenging. And I think I'm kind of breaking down a little bit and spiraling into negativity. I just want to feel like yeah, myself. So first of all, like, that's right, it. I don't like care. Putting it, all I want is to be happy and feel like me. And I don't feel like me ever. Yeah, that's uh, that's some. Yeah. So a few things. One, putting children on camera is always a terrible idea. Like There's a reason that pretty much every child actor ends up screwed up. It is a very, very bad idea. Put that next to the fact that this kid was experiencing apparently gender confusion at a young age. And then the parents decided to feature this kid on national television and then to transition this kid over the course of years on national television. Are you, are, are you uh, exactly shocked that Jazz Jennings has serious personal crises? Is a person who has extraordinary weight gains, who is sexually confused, who is binge eating. He gained nearly 100 pounds. Um, and, uh, and has had multiple surgeries, including after a gender reassignment surgery, 
complications that required another follow-up procedure to, again, these are, are surgeries that construct fake genitalia. I mean, it, but don't worry. It's all about mental health, guys. It's all, it's all, about, it's all about what's best for the kids, clearly. This is apparently what, what the Minnesota Lieutenant Governor Peggy, Peggy Flanagan believes. So she came out yesterday and uh, she said that the most important thing as a parent is to apparently greenlight anything your dumb child wants. This is life-affirming and life-saving health care. When our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. That's what it means to be a good parent. No, that is 100% not what it means to be a good parent. That is factually speaking not what it means to, ha- to be a good parent, is to, to listen to your child when they tell you who they are and believe them and then facilitate them. That's the stupidest garbage I ever heard. As a parent of three, soon to be four, that's nonsense. My three-year-old daughter, for a year dressed up as Sky from Paw Patrol, did that mean that I should like throw her off a roof in a helicopter to see if she was going to fly? No, because that's idiotic. Children don't know things. This is why they are children. It is your job to protect them. It is not your job to facilitate their every whim. This makes you definitionally a bad parent. But again, this is part and parcel of the of the broader left-wing attempt to substitute a sort of tabula rasa version of life for civilization itself. And the purpose of parents used to be to civilize kids. Now I guess the, the purpose of parents is to simply continue to, to greenlight whatever kids want to do so long as it fosters a left-wing social agenda. My goodness, that's, a, that's an insane line. And that, that, of course, is all in pursuit of sex changes for minors. So just genius-level stuff here. Alrighty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be getting into the mailbag. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 